I'm Wayne Epps here with Zach Joaquin. Welcome to Ram Talk with the RTD, a weekly VCU basketball podcast talking all things VCU hoops. Uh, VCU at this point in the season is getting ready for the backstretch of the regular season schedule. Um, five games to go, so today we're going to kind of break down how the season has gone to this point. Uh, look back at Tuesday's game at Fordham and ahead of a big game on Friday at the Seagull Center against Richmond. Um, so Zach, you know, heading into this year, you know, there's a ton of questions about this group. Um, you know, Bones Highland was drafted. Uh, Jameer Watkins, unfortunately, um, tore ACL preseason practice. So it's kind of, what is this group going to be? You know, um, Ace Baldwin also was out, um, tore an Achilles in late May. And um, he was kind of going to be that leader coming into the season with the, the guys who were lost. Uh, but then you didn't have him either. So it was like, you know, what, what are we going to see here? Um, so I think, I think, you know, the group that did come back, the group that was healthy, did a good job of kind of holding things steady until Ace got back. Um, you know, obviously Vince Williams as a senior, um, you know, kind of took things on, on his shoulders. Uh, he had, I feel like he had always been sort of a, a Robin to, you know, his teammates, Batman earlier in his career, he kind of took more of things on his shoulders. Put the cape the on this year for sure. Exactly. And, and Jay Nunn stepping in for ACE at, at, at point guard, you know, played, played really, really well. Um, you know, eight, nine, 9.4 points per game, 2.1 steals per game mm-hmm. in the eight games before ACE came back. Um, really did a good job there. Um, you know, I think VCU, uh, similar to their playing out, play out in South Dakota last year, this year going down to the battle for Atlantis, I think they got a lot of confidence by mm-hmm. how they played uh, against some big time teams there. Yeah. Obviously beat Syracuse, they played Baylor really well, played UConn really well, and, and realistically, um, you know, had, had a chance to win both of those games. And, um, you know, I, I, I think back to uh, uh, Baylor's Matthew Mayer um, after mm-hmm. the, the game against VCU. He was like, you know, VCU, they're, they're some dogs. Like, they're, they play really hard. It means a lot coming from Baylor, too. That's exactly. a tough team. Yeah, they, they, I think they also have that mentality. And I was, I was the defending national champions. So, mm-hmm. like you said, that speaks volumes. So, um, they, you know, they finished off strong. I was getting, getting ace back late in 8-10 mm-hmm. play. You know, it was kind of, I guess you could say, a, a haggard or, on, 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 you know, they uh, ended the schedule as they couldn't really foresee because uh, the last couple of games were canceled, including mm-hmm. Penn State because of COVID issues. But um, still coming back from from Bahamas, um, finished off pretty pretty strong to give themselves a put themselves in a pretty good place heading to eighteen play. A couple out of conference losses that you look down at the schedule and and you kind of balk at Chattanooga and Wagner. But like you were saying, both of those teams have played quite well in conference, and so those losses don't necessarily look as bad as they might have at the beginning of the year, right? Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, you know, again, they kind of heading into 18 play. No, no real um, bad losses, but also no real like standout, standout wins. Like obviously the Vanderbilt win was big. The Syracuse win w- was big. Um, just your, your best wins are losses, right? It was right. Baylor and UConn essentially. Those are kind of the most impressive product that they put on the court in, in non-conference play. And I'm not sure how much a committee will choose to give them points, you know, for good losses. But it definitely showed the ceiling that this team can play with anyone in the country when they're right. Yeah, exactly. I remember, uh, you know, after the, after that weekend, um, or after that week, Thanksgiving week in, in Battle for Atlantis, I saw all these tweets, you know, analysts, John Rothstein and others mm-hmm. were saying, you know, nobody in the country plays harder than VCU. And, and like you said, you know, I think that's, that could be something that sends out to the, to the committee that say, hey, these, these guys can go toe-to-toe with some, some top competition. So that could help them, um, you know, come, come next month. So Got a lot of respect from national media being on a national stage there in a, in a, th- in a holiday tournament, Thanksgiving tournament, um, to be able to, to show that ceiling. It was a great stage to be able to put that on. Um, what, was, what was this team picked to finish? In the conference coming into the year, because they've they've most certainly exceeded expectations, right? I think so. Um, picked pick to finish fourth. Um, okay, so, so right about there. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they were picked pick to get that coveted double buy, but at the same time, mm-hmm. not picked to be uh, up where they want to be. You know, to usually top one, top, at least top two. In the, in they're the up league. to where, where are they in the conference now? Second or third? Second, after the win yeah, last second, night. Okay. Second, yeah, they're ten and three. So, um, so yeah, like I said, they are are performing above expectations to, to this point. So, um, yeah, heading to eighteen play, like you know. 
going back January 5th um, at, at Dayton, that was that was just kind of weird. Just again, they were off for three weeks because of COVID. You didn't know who's going to be be back playing because um, some guys were still dealing with it. Ended up being um, Levi Stocker the third was still out for a couple more games, mm-hmm. but uh, and also uh, Jay Nunn missed that uh, ATN opener as well. Uh, but the overall overall played pretty well. Ace hit a, a three to win that game, and um, they kind of kind of got got going from there. And obviously had a, had a couple um, dips as far as the uh, loss to St. Bonaventure, mm-hmm. um, thirty point loss to today yeah. at home was kind of. a Maybe an anomaly, but other than that, uh, after the win at Fordham last night, they held on the second half. They won seven out of their last eight, mm-hmm. uh, four straight overall. They're eight and one on the on the road o- overall. Um, road Warriors this yeah. year, hundred percent, hundred percent. Or Roads Warriors, however you want to say. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> but um, but and, and I think the big thing is you know the defense, which which really kind of um, I think they kind of proved how good the defense was in, in Battle for Atlantis. Mm-hmm. The defense has, has stayed pretty consistent, but the, with it, the offense has come along a lot. And what's the adage? Defense, defense travels, right? That's part yeah. of why they've been so good on the road. Exactly, and you know, you know, <laughs> you know, I think the defense was kind of carrying things because the offense was like so bad for much of the year. Um, you know, you go back to eighteen play, uh, they're shooting about forty-one um, percent from the field um, mid-December, which was eleventh in the league. Um, now, uh, uh, you know, even after a rough, you know, second half at Fordham last night, they're shooting um, 47.2 percent, uh, which is leading the league. The Mason game helped out a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scoring 85 points and sh- shooting about 55 percent in that game on Saturday was a, was a was a big piece of that. Uh, but but uh, you know, I think I think I think just the, the offense catching up a little bit to the defense mm-hmm. has, has helped them kind of now seem like they're in a pretty good groove at, at this point. Um, and that's not surprising. We've seen that year in and year out from VCU, right? The offense sometimes can take much of the season to catch up to the defense. But when it does, you see that really high ceiling come through. Um, and when they're shooting the ball well, like in that Mason game, um, and, and like we've seen early in the non-conference play, they can play with anyone in the country. It's just that they also seem to have a pretty low floor, like in the Dayton loss, like in the Bonaventure loss, that when they're not hitting, it can kind of all fall apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think maybe could give him more grace this year because again, you know, Jim Watkins was expected to be a pretty good uh, offensive piece heading into this year. Darren McAllister was going to contribute yeah, too, right? Exactly. He was a, he's a tough scorer at the rim, and his freshman year he, he had a pretty good uh, end to his freshman year mm-hmm. when he was healthy, and unfortunately now missing a second straight season. So he he, he could have been a, a nice uh, key cog in, in that rotation as well. Uh, and then Bones Highland, you know, just and anytime you have a guy who averages nineteen point five points a game, like. He carried so much of the offensive burden last year. You're, you're going to have to figure out some things this year. And I think um, Vince has kind of found that balance of, okay, he can distribute the ball, be the offensive glue guy, but also he can go score when needed. And now mm-hmm. Keyshawn is, like, playing out of his mind um, the last few games as well, um, which, you know, guys, he's averaged, you know, single digits in scoring throughout his career. Now in double figures, uh, like, the last four games. What did Rhodes say last yeah. night? We don't win that game without Keyshawn, right? He, he took the onus when they needed a bucket late when things were ugly. You said Fordham mucked it up in the yeah. second half as they do really well a lot of respect for for that program they were tough in the second half um and and got under vcu's skin a little bit with the technicals in the first and you could see the game kind of get ugly like fordham wanted it to um and when vcu needed some control um on offense Keyshawn was the guy that took that on his shoulders and so it's really been ace vince and Keyshawn, right i mean this is an incredibly deep team yeah. rotation wise but it's really not as far as creators and offensive initiators and guys who you want the ball in their hands late in games. It's it's Vince Ace and Keyshawn, right? It's one of the, it seemed like down the stretch it was always one of those three guys initiating the offense, but they were great last night, especially right. particularly Keyshawn. Yeah, yeah, and he he kind of he kind of took things um, on his own shoulders the last six and a half minutes. It's downhill, man. Yeah, he's such yeah. a tough driver. Yeah, yeah, it, you know he, he's, he's so explosive, but like mm-hmm. you say, yeah, he, he plays with with no fear. 
it seems like, um, and I really showed with him just like willing to go draw contact last night, get himself on the line. And seven of eight, you said from yeah, the line down the stretch. Right? Yeah, yeah, which which was huge. Um, so so you know, before we get too too ahead of ourselves, you know, again they're the ten three in conference, tied for second place. They got five five games to go. Davidson win is huge. Yeah, team da- leading the conference, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and Davidson was you know twenty fifth in the country at, at the time, mm-hmm. had won you know, thirteen in a row. So that, that was that was a big, that's a big win for the resume too, a yeah. quad one win. That that was a huge one and. Again, having won four straight now, they put themselves in a pretty good position mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, at the very least, get that, get that uh, you know, double bye heading into the tournament, top four seed, um, but also continue to try to uh, bulk up their resume and maybe put themselves in that large uh, conversation. And some opportunity down the stretch, some tough tests, but yeah. also some opportunity to enhance the resume. St. Mm-hmm. Louis, Bonaventure, um, can't lose that UMass game, but you get Mason again. So there's opportunity for them to boost it, and if they can keep this momentum going into the A-10 tournament, um, Man, that A-10 tournament every year, you, you, it's, it feels like about half the league has a chance to really make some noise in it. Yeah. Um, and and BCU is certainly going to be up there. If they can get that double bye, they'll be in a good position to, to make some noise um, mm-hmm. in the A-10 tournament. And they will probably need to win the A-10 tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. It might still be a little early to say that if they can mm-hmm. keep this momentum going and win out in the regular season and, and, and get to an A-10 championship game, then maybe they could sneak onto the at-large spot but it, it, it would be tough they probably need to win the a10 tournament to get into the ncaa tournament right now i think so i think so too um they're on a very very fringe outskirts of the bubble competition next, next right now yeah, or yeah. Like that. Or yeah maybe next 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 <laughs> but you know at the same time they're, they're still kind of in the picture so like you said they're able to win out and you know finishing the season they play uh, st bonaventure um and play at st louis which will be a big game as well those two could be huge and boosting that, that at large conversation if they avoid any other losses before then and like you said, uh, you know, if they can make the A10 final, then maybe they're they're you're talking about uh, next four out at least, and kind of at least in that conversation. Um, so we'll see. But like you said, I think the most realistic possibility is is winning the yeah. A10 tournament, getting an automatic bid. Um, Since we're doing the show so late into the season, there's so much that we could touch on. But I wanted to make sure and say that Bones has been so much fun to watch in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down when we touched on him a little bit ago, and we just needed to throw that out there because it's been awesome to see him immediately come in and, and contribute on a playoff team yeah um in, in in denver that's been awesome and everyone felt like his game was so nba ready mm-hmm. um and that's very much proven to be true um and it's just it's huge for the program i mean obviously it was kind of sad when he left because you don't want to see such a great player go especially not being able to compete in the ncaa tournament last mm-hmm. year to not be able to see him you know kind of go out fighting was tough but man it's been awesome to watch him in the nba this year and it's so huge for vcu from a recruiting standpoint yeah. for it to have a player immediately go to the nba and contribute that's going to be a boon for them for for years to come when they're trying to get top prospects 100 percent. yeah i'm glad you brought that up yeah it's been so fun to watch like we, we saw we saw that his ball handling how, how it created opportunities for him last year hitting that being able to kind of hit that step back three. the range yeah so much range but i think one thing that was maybe underrated because he's so good at such a good three-point shooter was his, his layup package mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of questions I, I, he has a nickname bones for a reason he's a skinny guy he's a small guy but the length yeah and i think he's made up for his maybe lack of physical tools mm-hmm. with his ball handling because he's able to get by guys without having a body up incredibly elusive um, um just by his his, his 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 ability to kind of put the ball on a string uh we saw the highlight last week he, he kind of uh crossed up kimball walker <laughs> and kim walker went sliding and he kind of did the little hesitation, waited for a second, hit the three. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that was respectful in itself. <laughs> then, he, then, he, then he pointed at him, too, and it went back up the court. So, the, you know. He's always had that edge, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's not surprising to see if you're a VCU fan, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it's cool to see him playing the, the way he is, um, you know, right off the bat, a uh, big-time piece for for, uh, for Denver. So that, that's been cool. 
And there have been a few guys that, as we were talking about getting back to, to VCU this season, that have stepped up in, in that place as the offensive initiator. Um, it's really been Ace and Vince. Vince, man, have we, I don't remember the last time VCU had a really true point forward like yeah. this. I can't think of another name in recent VCU memory that really compares to a guy that he, it seems like with the lineups that VCU is playing, he's the four, but yeah. he's bringing the ball up a lot of the time and he's the guy initiating the offense. And right. that's been striking to see. I don't remember in recent VCU memory them having a guy like that. No, no. Um, I guess physically the closest you can say is like Trevion Graham. Um, yeah. They're both like six, six, a little over 200 pounds. Um, Trevion was a, was a little bit bigger, but um, yeah, there hasn't been a guy like like that who, because you know, dispenses ball handling ability. He could be a, he could be the point guard if, if needed if, if it came. He to essentially that. is sometimes. Yeah, right? exactly. So, um, but then also the rebounding. Uh, he's a, a big time assist guy as well. His first game back, um, you know, last week against uh, Rhode Island, coming off missing missing a couple of games with a calf injury. Uh, he has seven assists, mm-hmm. which is one side of his shot of his career high right off the back after missing two games. He's so. got to lead the nation in, in uh, drawn charges oh. as well, right? Such <laughs> I really wish I really wish that was a stat. Um, I wish it was, yeah. too, because I swear he'd lead the country in it. Yeah, Kim Palm has that, the, the foul drawn for 40 minutes, stat, okay. but they don't break it out, unfortunately, to charges, but I think he would be up there. He's got to be up there. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, he, he's been fun to watch, and he also has had some big-time moments where he stepped up in big situations like the, the previous Richmond game. We hit the, mm. the late three there. Uh, he's kind of at moments just like Keyshawn did last night, um, kind of put the team on his back when needed. So he's had that edge a little bit too. Yeah. We saw that spill over maybe a little bit in the Fordham game last night. He got he was the second technical, yeah. I think, right. And so, but I'm I'm frankly okay with that mm-hmm. sometimes when because I love the intensity mm-hmm. and because if you're gonna play like VCU, then it feels like sometimes like there's the negative externalities or you might get into foul trouble mm-hmm. and maybe you might get teed up sometimes. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I with Bones leaving, you know, I, I love that Vince has kind of stepped into that. Um, that spirit leader role, right. you know, where he's kind of the um, the mentality that everyone feeds off of him. They really missed him when mm-hmm. he was out with the calf injury for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you saw his value, and that was, you know, obviously one of those games was the Dayton loss, the mm-hmm. thirty point loss. So games like that, you definitely see his value because uh, it's not just the stats. Even though he's leading the team in rebounds, leading mm-hmm. the team in, in, in scoring, it's just I think as a floor leader, um, yeah. he's key. Uh, so that, he definitely was missed. Um, so. Um, I guess with that, we'll kind of get into We had some, some little season superlatives we wanted to get into. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we got a little tangential here, guys. There's, there's a lot to talk about yeah. when we're jumping in this late in the season. We didn't exactly. really know where to start here. Yeah, uh, but I think that carried us right into, if we want to go with MVP, I think we're both, Yeah. about both, um, it's, it's pretty easy pick. It's Vance right there. Uh, just, just again, you know, leading the team in scoring, 13.1 points per game, six, uh, uh, leading the team with six rebounds per game as well. Uh, he's right up there with Ace as far as the assist. Um, you know he's playing 31.7 points or minutes per game. Uh, just every every category you can think of, he's 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 putting in big time contributions for a VCU so. team that rotates as much as Mike yeah. likes too. That's that's a lot of minutes per game for him to be playing. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it's a guy who always played like a, a supporting role early in his career. Mm-hmm. To see him step into that sort of leading role, um, you know, f- first team All A10 uh, caliber play. I think it's been been uh, huge for VCU this year. So he's he's the easy MVP. That was going to be my question: Is he in the who's what does the the conversation for conference player of the year look like right now? And is he in it? Uh, I thought it should be. I think um, you could say Joshua Durga in that, in that conversation. Oh, yeah. um, you know, just, just the number, some of the numbers he's putting up. Because it seems like Davidson has kind of been a sum of the parts to yeah. him a little bit, right? So yeah. I'm not sure there's a guy that really stands out that you say he's the front runner off of the, the team that's leading the conference right now. Exactly. I, th- I think Luca could be in that conversation okay. too. But, um, you know... <laughs> I, mean, I think I think just Vince he does he does so much across the board mm-hmm. and VCU has shared the scoring load so much like even though he is leading 
VC in those categories, his the numbers don't by themselves don't really jump off the page. Yeah. I think that could hurt him in Player of the Year um, sort of voting. But I think he he's, he should be a shoe in for um, you know obviously conference conference first team mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Like that that would be a, a, a colossal <laughs> like upset if he's not on first team. I yeah. think um, just what he's meant to this team and VC obviously looking like it's going to be in the top four um, heading into the A10 tournament. Um, Honorable mentions would be Keyshawn Hassan and uh, um, and Ace. Yeah, I, I think that Vince is the clear choice, but those are the other guys that come to mind, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we have other superlatives for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I guess we'll, we'll go with uh, most surprising, which for mine, that, that was uh, Keyshawn, just because, again, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he hadn't put up, you know, huge scoring numbers uh, earlier in his career. Um, you know, uh, averages just, just about uh, a little over five points per game last season in 16 games. That game, that season was cut short last year. But uh, to now, um, you know, over his last uh, last few games, been averaging 18 points at, uh, you know, crowd, you know, 28 um, against Rhode Island. Uh, including 21 in the first half, uh, you know, and they had 21 last night against mm-hmm. Fordham, including 13 in the last six and a half minutes. Like he's just been going off um, these, these last uh, few games, and he talked about it, uh, you know, recently. Just like he wants to kind of leave a mark uh, as a senior uh, in his last several games at, at VCU, and he wants to be kind of remembered. Uh, for his play, and so he's he's kind of trying to do that now in, in these last several games. And Mike did as yeah. well, right? I remember when you asked Rhodes about that um, senior urgency mm-hmm. he, that he's got that urgency, and exactly. and which perhaps makes you wonder about whether he's going to use the extra year of eligibility. That's a, yeah. a few questions, and something that you've talked about. Hopefully, yeah. writing about in the future. There's a few question marks on the roster going into next year like that, but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, man, Keyshawn, it's been what Mike said last night. We don't win that game yeah. without him, right? Which is the and truth. yeah, yeah which, because he very much took the onus down the stretch there um, and has been one of the most important players on the team. I guess I'm not, it feels almost wrong to say most surprising Mm -hmm. because I think we all hoped that Keyshawn was going to take this next step from an offensive output this year, but he has done it with, uh, with flying colors. And so um, been, been awesome to see him take that next step um, in some of his last opportunities to do so in a VCU uniform um, X factor. Yeah. I would say that'd be uh, Marcus Johannes for me. Um, because he was a guy that came out, you know, obviously transferred from Washington, mm-hmm. uh, trying to fit into a system. One, best, best hair, too, I think we were saying <laughs> the other day, right? Easily, easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he was coming from – so I think the defensively was the biggest transition mm-hmm. for him because, um, you know, Syracuse plays a 2-3 zone. Uh, Mike Hopkins was a, a former Syracuse assistant, and he kind of brought okay. a, a zone to, to Washington. So he was playing that zone. He had to come to VCU and learn how to play man-to-man, pressing every possession. Uh, and, you know – the point guard at the top of the, the zone or the top of the VC press is arguably the, 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 the most important piece. Particularly of that. missed an ace earlier in the year too. He was huge. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think he, he had a little bit of slow start to the year. He also was battling a groin injury mm-hmm. earlier in the year too, which I think hindered him particularly as a three point shooter. You know, you need your lower body um, to get that lift on the shot. So I think that might've hurt him a little bit earlier in the year too. Uh, so he had a slow start, but uh, one, you know, again, like you mentioned, he, he had to play some a lot of point guard minutes with Ace out. So the rotation was like Jay and, and Marcus at point mm-hmm. guard with Ace out. Since Ace has come back, they've been able to move Marcus to uh, his more natural, like two guard position, mm-hmm. more off the ball. He's played almost exclusively off the ball since Ace has come back, and I think that's allowed him to to find a shot yeah. and, and and um and really be that scorer that he showed he could be at Washington, and which is probably a big reason why they wanted to go after him in the first place. Mm-hmm. And um, in the A10 play, he's shooting forty two point one percent from three. Uh, and he's had some 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 pretty good scoring outings here, particularly in January. Um, you probably like to see him get a little more volume, yeah. Right? And, and from a scoring, it yeah. seems like he he can he can disappear a little bit in mm-hmm. some games. Um, yeah. and I think that because the rotation is so deep, mm-hmm. and because it's a transfer, maybe he's not yet to the point confidence wise where he's really comfortable saying, "No, get, de- I need to demand the ball 
in in key situations but it feels like there's a higher offensive ceiling there right that he's shown um and so maybe you'd almost like to see him get more shots up yeah i I agree um yeah kind of weirdly like the way washington one thing he you know he struggled with getting consistent playing time at times at washington and here it's been kind of the same which again it's sometimes tough because the rotation being so deep and you know with uh ace being healthy you can play ace and Jaden in in the starting backcourt which is what what they've done recently Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, Marcus's minutes has been a little bit up and down, um, this year as well. Uh, so like I said, it can be tough to, to get into a rhythm, particularly as a shooter when your minutes aren't always, uh, consistent. Um, so that's been an interesting sort of, uh, thing thrown into his production. But when he has get, gotten pretty good minutes, those games he's gotten high, he's been, mm-hmm. been high and he's, he's been playing really well. Speaking of Jaden, that backcourt's been a little crowded. It's been tough to get in yeah. because Jaden's been putting in some really good minutes too. And mm-hmm. we had another superlative for him as next up yeah <laughs> um or kind of most exciting you know young gun who's who's come onto the scene and, and man his offensive game there's so much promise there's so much ceiling mm-hmm. um you were talking about reminds you of marcus evans a yeah. little bit with the mid-range game with the uh the ability to create off the dribble yeah. um it, it feels like in the next few years he's going to take on a, a gradually increasing volume scoring role for vcu because he's got a high offensive ceiling very high yeah yeah he's I don't know where they where they get how they find these guys, but like they've gotten some some point guards who have been able to play really confidently as freshmen, which mm-hmm. which what freshman point guard has to have is confidence. So if you go back to Bones uh, a couple of years ago, he, he had to play point guard, um, particularly with Marcus his senior year, um, was dealing with a lot of injuries that nineteen twenty season, yeah. and um, Bones had to play more and more minutes or as a court for the, over the course of the year as a freshman. That Makes you grow guard. up fast. Yeah. And then the next year they get Bones as a freshman, and um, they were able to to move uh, Bones. I mean. Um, Ace is a freshman. We're able to move Bones to an off-the-ball position, and Ace was starting at point guard last season. Which took a lot of pressure off Bones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Ace also, like Bones did the previous year, played very confidently there, which helped BCU a lot. Trial by fire a little bit, and it pays off in the years to come when you get that much experience as a freshman. Yeah, which, like like you mentioned, like that, that's kind of been a saying that Mike Rose has said, like, we're going to throw him in the fire, mm-hmm. like, which is what you kind of need. You need that game experience to get better. So these point guards have had it. And so now you fast forward to this year, like, uh, Jay Nunn's, you know, starting at point guard as a freshman. Like, he also had some, you know, a sh- little bit of shakiness at times early in the year, but, you know, I mentioned his numbers earlier when Ace was out. Um, but now you can see that offensive game. He's just very confident. I remember one shot that really sticks out in my mind was he hit a step back three at, at Davidson in that win right before the ha- yeah. halftime, which looked, looked like one of the step back threes that Bones was hitting last year. Um, and, then, and then, like like you mentioned, too, I really love his mid-range game. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like Marcus Evans, just some of those fadeaways and pull-up free-throw line jumpers he's able to hit. Um, that's, that's a big thing too. So we were saying earlier, like one of those players where sometimes you're, when, when he's getting the shot off, you're going, no, 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 that's not the shot that we're looking for <laughs> yeah. here. Um, but he's got that creativity that it goes in and then you're like, okay, well that's just how we drew it up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he was bringing the ball up mm-hmm. late in that Fordham game last night. I know it's, it's Fordham and it's a bottom of the conference team, but it's still a road, a, a close road conference game. Um, late in the year, you got a freshman bringing the ball up. That's a lot of confidence that that Mike Rhodes has shown in Jaden on early on. Yeah, definitely. And you know, noticing recently, seemed like he had the ball in his hands um, even more, mm-hmm. even with Ace in the game. It seemed like Ace has been playing a little bit more off the ball at times mm-hmm. when he's in the game. So that, that's that trust right there. And you go back to we're going to talk more about um, this in a minute, but the, the, the previous Richmond game um, back mm-hmm. on January 29th, Ace fouled out with like five minutes or so to go in the game. And so uh, that meant uh, Jaden had to had to do more ball handling or um, more point guard duties late in that game, and that was big because obviously that was a close game too. Vince ended up hitting the three to win that one, but um, Jaden having to, to control the ball there, he did it. He did it well to help yeah. BCU win a close game there. Um, so so he's he's definitely definitely next up. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. exciting for for years to come, like we talked about, to see him get that experience as a freshman. You've got to think that's going to pay off down the road in his career. Yeah, hundred um, percent. 
So we talked about a lot. We'll, we'll um, touch, quickly touch back on um, this last Saints game at, at Fordham. Uh-huh. It was <laughs> it, the, one of the biggest sports cliches. It was, it was truly a, a tale of two halves. Yeah, um, yeah, VCU, sixty-nine percent from the field in the first half. Um, and that was even with twelve turnovers. Like, how does that happen? I don't know even how that's mathematically possible. But, but uh, you know, they build. They were up uh, seventeen. It was like a minute and a half to go. Um, you know, it just had a, a huge lead. It seemed like game was in hand. They checked out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they come out. Um, they really, one thing they really did well too was smother um, Chuba Oham, mm-hmm. um, which they had one one important Fordham leading scorer. Darius uh, Quisenberry was out for a second straight game with a knee injury. Um, Chuba Oham is averaging a double double, so he was kind of their leading. Average producer did not have much space to operate on the block. Not at all. I think he was 0 for 4 from the field in the first half, had five turnovers personally in the first mm-hmm. half, uh, just one point at the free throw line in that first half, and that helped VCU build that big lead. And Chuba's um, five turnovers were part of 15 total Fordham turnovers, and, and they were just averaging like 12.8 per game heading in. They, they passed their game average in the first half alone. That was wild. Um, it felt like they passed it in those first five minutes or so. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Uh, I remember the announcer was talking a lot about slippery floor or whatever that was going on yeah, with that. Yeah, there were yeah. a few falls, weren't there? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that contributed to the turnover numbers. Travels, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but but still, you know, VC kind of dominated, uh, even though they had their own turnover struggles in the first half. Mm-hmm. Come on, second half, and like you mentioned, um, Rose, Rose just said, they kind of mucked up the game. We're throwing out some different defenses, including like some zone looks. Uh, was it a, uh, I thought a 1-2-2, two, two, and then on the broadcast, they said a <laughs> matchup zone. Yeah. It looked like some sort of amorphous thing that I wasn't sure how to define. Amorphous is the perfect word for that. But you yeah, couldn't figure it out. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, couldn't figure it out. It yeah. like none of us could figure it out. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they had like a, a four-and-a-half-minute field goal drought, um, you know, uh, about midway through the, the second half, and um, beat Fordham went on a seven zero run during that spurt. Um, you know, to really kind of cut into that lead, uh, Vince Williams um, hit a couple free throws to, to, to mm-hmm. stop that scoring drive. But then Fordham went on another seven zero um, run to cut the lead to three. So I was like, oh, it man. got hairy yeah. there in the second half. Very yeah. hairy. Um, and so VCU just was like, they could not make a basket. Um, they ended up, you know, uh, shooting just thirty point eight percent from the field in the second half. But there just had some a couple extended field goal droughts there. Um, but then, you know, it was a three-point game um, with, with about uh, six and a half minutes to go. Uh, Keyshawn Curry just really he really took took matters yeah. into his own hands. Um, he, he scored in a layup with like 6.37 to go to uh, kind of fend Fordham off a little bit, give mm-hmm. us more breathing room after it was a three-point game. High off the glass is beautiful touch on that shot. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. He, he kind of found himself on Chuba Ohans on that possession, which was obvious mm-hmm. mismatch, and he kind of like toyed with him a little bit and then just like blew past him yeah. for that, that nice nice little finger roll. So that was that was a nice play. And then... Uh, as, we, as you mentioned earlier, from there on out, he just was being very, very aggressive, getting to the to the rim. Uh, he was like, "I'm either going to score, or I'm going to draw a foul." Either Seven or eight from the line, yeah, right? yeah. And then he had another late layup um, and a dunk late as well. Uh, also, I want to mention too, Vince had a, a big, big time three in those mm-hmm. closing minutes as well to help them as well. So it was kind of the, the, the Keyshawn show, but. Uh, featuring Vince in those final six and a half Vince has hit some huge threes. You talked about the Richmond game this yeah. year. It seems like when they need um, a decisive bucket late in the game that he is very comfortable taking on that responsibility. It's been huge late in games this year. Yeah, very huge. Um, so um, they, sque- they squeezed it out. Um, you know, again, it was a four straight win uh, through the 81 on the road, which is their, their best um, road start in nine years. <laughs> so, so Defense not, travels. Yeah, 100%. So. Um, Fordham so, four of 24 from three, mm, right? That, I mean, that yeah. was part of, we, we've talked about that low offensive ceiling for VCU and mm. it was very, very much reared its ugly head in that second half. But yeah. when you're so good defending on the perimeter, mm-hmm. other teams, there's not much 
you heard uh, broadcasters use the word spurtability, which is definitely not a real word. <laughs> but when you play, when you defend the three point line that well, you really limit the opposition's spurtability, right? You can't get on those runs that really close that gap. And in that second half, regardless of how much VCU was struggling offensively, the defense was still so good that Fordham could never really put together that decisive foot on the gas run that they needed to truly get back in the game. Even though it got down to three, it felt nervous for VCU, but it never felt like, okay, Fordham's like fully recovered from that first half. It seemed like VCU kind of always kept them at arm's length, even though three points doesn't really feel like arm's length. Um, But it it, it felt like VCU was always in the driver's seat, regardless of how close it got. And it's the the defensive backbone that was the reason for that. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, VCU, for a time earlier in the season, they were leading the country in three-point defense. And now they're still fourth in the country, uh, holding teams with 27.1%, which Mm -hmm. is crazy from three. Um, and then I think the, yeah. in the in the game notes that they had on the broadcast before going into the game, they were second in the country in turnover percentage. Mm-hmm. So when you're not letting opposing teams um, hit threes and when you're creating turnovers at a, at a high clip, then that's a good recipe for success, yeah. even when you're not clicking offensively yeah. because the other team can't put together the runs and mm-hmm. you get some easy baskets off the turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's a good point, too, because VCU, that's, that's been part of their identity for years now. It's yeah. like we're going to score off a of turnover, score off of our defense. Maybe they rely on that too much sometimes when, when, yeah. when, when, you know, at times this year they've struggled to operate in the half court. But um, like you say, even when you have those offensive struggles, when you're able to create opportunities off your defense and that can at least keep you in it. So And, and breaks runs. That. Yeah. It seemed that happened a few times last night when Fordham was starting to put something together, went mm-hmm. on a, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but they had a few 8-2, you know, 7-3, little small runs like that, but they were never really able to make it a decisive double-digit run um, in part because VCU has that defensive backbone to lean on and that, 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 Keyshawn and the def- and that are the reason that they won the game and were able to hold on in that second half. Hundred percent. So, um, so yeah. Again, after that, you know, sitting there at ten and three in conference play, um, you know, I, I kind of I, you know, asked my girls this question earlier this week. Like, it seems almost not not, not to under, under, underestimate them, but almost wild to think back to where they were at the, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Just again, all the questions there were with with Ace being out, um, Jameer Watkins being out, um, just all these question marks, like. But I'm still to be 10 and 3 in conference. Like, that's, you have to be pretty satisfied with that. Um, and speaking of which, Ace, did he really play 40 minutes? Yeah. Last night, that's yeah. incredible for yeah. a guy coming off an Achilles. Mm-hmm. I mean, he were, they were saying it on the broadcast, too. He's not, you know, inching back or trying to get back in, in any sense of it at, at this point. He is 100%. And that is amazing yeah. um, with his recovery timetable for him to be playing 40 minutes right now. Yeah. He played 40 um, at George Mason, too. <laughs> So, so uh, that's pretty wild. But we're bringing um, the ball up as much as he does too. Yeah. That's that's incredibly impressive. It seems like he's got a ridiculously high motor, and it yeah. seems like the gas tank never really runs out. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you said, come back from injury. That's super encouraging. Um, so, so you know, you know, Marcus has talked a lot about you know, you, you win when you win one game, the next one becomes that much bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Richmond game is always a Can't big one. Say, can, Rich, can Richmond <laughs> ever be any bigger? Yeah, and uh, I guess I'll uh, I'll throw it out another cliche as you know they always say you can throw out all the records and the stats when you head into yeah. a Richmond game. Yeah. And, um, you know Richmond's had a solid season a, a, as well, of course, in their eight and five in conference. But um, you know, in the, the last one was a battle. That was a great environment there on the, on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, close game. Uh, Richmond drew up a great play at the end. Got got a look from Andre Way too good of a look. <laughs> yeah, got a great a great look there at the end that could have uh, could have could at least tied the game there um, uh, at the very end. But you know, end up Vince Vince uh, on that one of the last possessions on the ball got knocked loose. He ran it down and he just walked the ball back up the court. Mm-hmm. Didn't pass anything. Just right at the top of the key, knocked down a, a three. Knew he was. You looked like you could see it in his eyes. He knew he was taking it the whole time. Yeah, he turned he turned around just like. Flexing, it's like that uh, shout, like you know, that you could kind of tell that motion of that shot. 
and then they end up holding on for that 64-62 win. He knows the moment. Yeah. He's really good at feeling the moment in games and, and late in close games, especially a rivalry game like that. Yeah. That gives you so much confidence, the rest of the team, to be able to see your talisman. Mm-hmm. You know, just have that look in his eyes, even though that seems, you know, kind of inexact. You can yeah. tell. Um, and, and he's been that guy for them late in games this year. And the rest of the team has so much confidence in him. Yeah, I agree. Um, which, like I say, that's what was missed in the game like that. Dayton yeah. lost. So, um, so. Uh, you know, he's obviously going to play a, an important role um, now in this rematch on Friday night at the Seagull Center. Um, you know, you know, we, we, kind of, we touched on that, that January 29th game. I think one thing that VCU did pretty well in that game as well was defend the three, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, <laughs> that's, that's been a rinse and repeat thing this year. But, but Richmond makes about 8.7 threes per game. So defending that three well against them is, is that much important, mm-hmm. that much more important, particularly in a, in a two-point game. Particularly so, at the Robbins Center, it was yeah. huge to not let them get the crowd behind them and get momentum going, kind of kept it low scoring, and they weren't able to put together those big runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in Richmond, like like they have been over the years, um, they're very well good at taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, led by the sure-handed Jacob Gilliard. You know that that press doesn't really affect them as much, but BC's always going to try. So I think that's always going to be one of the keys to the he's game. He's a tough player to dislike. <laughs> he's 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 a, he's a fun player to watch. He is. Yeah, um, he a lot of that, respect for him. He had that uh that, that game-winning three against Mason mm-hmm. uh, a few games ago, or uh, last week. Uh, hey, well, that, that feels like a few games ago because they played Mason two times in three day, three days, which was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> one of those was one of those postponed from yeah. earlier in the year from mm-hmm. COVID. Okay, yeah, so there was a little NBA back to back there. Yeah, but um, but but yeah, it's a great player, fun to watch, and and like I say, as a, as a, as a senior now at this time point in his career, like he, he knows how to deal with the VCU press. Yeah. but VCU is always going to try to disrupt Richmond and get them out of rhythm in that way. Um, so that's going to be obviously one of the keys to the game in this rematch, as we'll continue to, to defend it three well. As well as always, uh, trying to keep Grant Golden from going off inside, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and this this year has been Tyler Burton who's put up some big big numbers, and that was one of the, the, the standouts of the previous um, previous Richmond game as well. Keyshawn Curry on Tyler Burton, he really defended him well. He held Tyler Burton at one of twelve from the field. Um, you know, Richmond's leading scorer in, in that in that previous Richmond matchup. So um, that, he's a crazy athlete. Yeah, crazy crazy athlete, long long. So can score pretty much anywhere on the floor. So. Um, you know, you know, it's hard to ask for for repeat one for twelve defensive performances, but I think Keyshawn's defense on him will be huge again in his rematch on Friday. And you talk about Golden, that that makes me think of a, a point from the Fordham game that we haven't really touched on much. Is Hassan Ward? Um, we're not. It's it's an ankle. We're not exactly sure where he's at um, as far as prospectively being able to play Friday. Yeah. Um, BCU's deep down though. That's something that you've written about. Um, Michael will have to step up. Jalen will have to step up. Obviously, Levi will have to step up um, if he's not there. But something that it seemed like late in that Fordham game, um, early on in the first half, Hassan had a few buckets down low where he used his length. And it, and it looks like he has those. It's not like a mid-range. It's kind mm-hmm. of a turnaround post bucket. But because he's so long, he can shoot it from kind of far out. And it just looks impossible to contest yeah. with his length. It looks like nobody can really get a hand up. And he's just able to shoot over anybody down there. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side, on the defensive side, it looks like he can challenge anyone's shot. He's such a great rim protector. Mm-hmm. Um, and against Golden on Friday, if they're missing Hassan, you would think that that puts it's going to be a big ask of the other three bigs um, yeah. to step up, particularly defensively on golden down low. That's, yeah. That, that, would, that would be a huge loss. Um, you know, at the, at the, after the Mason game this past Saturday, um, that was a six win in seven games. And I asked after post game, just like what goes into that. And one of the first things Mike Rose said was a consistent Hassan Ward. Mm-hmm. Cause he also has been playing just like Keyshawn sort of out of his mind recently. He's been averaging 11.6 points uh, and 8.8 rebounds heading into the, the Fordham game. And he started the Fordham game three for three. 
from the field for six points in like the first seven. They had no answer for him early on yeah, down low. Yeah, and it just like one of the weird like twists that he he got injured on a play he, he scored on. Thankfully, not a knee. Yeah. It looked like it, a non-contact thing. It could have right. it looked like it could have been a knee at first, but it's an ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came back to the bench. He was yeah. sitting on the bench for the rest of the game. So seemingly not catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, uh, just you know hoping the best for him. Um, if he's not able to play Friday, hopefully it's not a long-term thing. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. So. That would be a big question mark. Hopefully, maybe get a little update on him tomorrow before Friday uh, just to see where he might be at. Um, would Levi start in his place, presumably? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would say Levi would start. Uh, um, so, so yeah. Um, it, but they, they could throw a wild card and, and put Jalen DeLoach in. But I think, I think, I think, I think it would be Levi. I <laughs> really Jalen and, and Michael, I've, they've both played some really good minutes this yeah. year. A lot of promise from both of them. Super athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael is physical, man. Yeah. And I kind of like the audacity that he plays with. We talked about the dunk that he went up for against Fordham last night yeah. and got blocked pretty emphatically. But I like to see, I don't know, that kind of audacity from a big um, wanting to go up for that dunk and wanting to posterize someone and make a momentum play. Um, I don't know. I, I'm very excited from the contributions that I've seen from those two this year. I think they have an awesome future ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. I got. You mentioned his sort of audacity. I got to throw in too. Like I think one of the, one of, definitely would be maybe one of the first plays on his highlight reel from this year was um, when he was forced to play at the five late in the game at, at uh, Davidson uh, because of foul yes. trouble, and he blocked Luca Luca Brockovich's mm-hmm. uh, late three there mm-hmm. in a close game to help VCU hold on that game, which was maybe a game winning play. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Which is still like one of their biggest wins of the season, arguably their the, the single biggest win of the season mm-hmm. at this point. So can he shoot it? By the way, Mike, he hit a three. He, hit a three. Last <laughs> he, he, hit ba- three. he banked it in yeah, for time. Yeah. I don't think he called bank, <laughs> but it made me wonder: is that a part of his game that he's trying to develop to be able to stretch it out a little more and shoot from the perimeter? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't uh, got a chance to interview him about that, but I'm sure it has. Uh, I don't know. He, he's made like two or three threes total this year. It was open and he went for it. And and, and so it, it certainly, it, it made me wonder if maybe that's part of his game that he's trying to develop. Um, yeah. He's three of 11 from three this year. So he hasn't, okay. he hasn't attempted a lot, but he's definitely made a couple. But so. for uh, with how many guys we rotate down though, I imagine that, I mean, that's a decent, he'll obviously shoot it when he's open. Mm-hmm. Um, So it seems like that's something that he feels like, can grow in his game um, and he can be a big that can stretch the floor a little bit so that'd be awesome to see from him if he can um, perfect that and become a more consistent shooter yeah because he's super physical oh yeah so physical yeah yeah he's he's a great player Um, one thing I want to touch on um, just help preview this this, this, uh, Friday game a little bit of over under a little segment (laughs) there so we'll both be there by the way obviously you're you're always there and covering I'll be there as a fan (laughs) so um, um, one, one category I want to hit on is uh, ten Richmond turnovers over under. That obviously again uh, mentioning Richmond take care take care of the ball very well. Uh, they've been averaging just about nine point eight turnovers per game in eight ten play. Um, so so over under. Uh, I want to say I want to say over. But At slightly, the Seagull Center, yeah, slightly. Um, go go back to the previous uh, Richmond game. They had thirteen turnovers in that previous VC Richmond okay. game in January. So I'm going to say slightly over and run that, run that range on, on Friday. I would agree with that. I mean, that's obviously so huge with the Seagull Center. If you get the crowd behind you, and if you start playing, not only just momentum plays, but momentum plays specific to the VCU brand. Mm-hmm. So when you create a turnover, you get a transition bucket, man, the, the stew gets loud. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah. you can't overstate how important that is for the flow of a game, particularly a game against Richmond, yeah. um, where the uh, the animosity will be, <laughs> will be turned up a little bit in the stew. And so when you start getting it, Gilliard taking care of the ball will be huge obviously and if VCU can get over that turnover number you'd think that they have a great chance to win the ball game yeah 100 percent um now on the flip side uh 15 VCU turnovers like VCU uh struggle with turnovers at times yeah. um 
it hasn't hurt them as much recently, but they still put up, had some high turnover uh, numbers recently. Uh, they've been averaging about 14 or so per game um, to this point. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say just to keep them with the trend. They had 17 last night against Fordham, 12 in the first half. I'm yeah. gonna say over, maybe about 18 or 19 turnovers. But as they've shown, they can still win even with turning the ball over. I'm gonna say over too because I think that VCU, not that they're okay with turning the ball over a lot. You obviously never are, but with the brand of basketball that you want to play, you, you want a frenetic pace. Yeah. You want a fast pace, and sometimes you're gonna turn the ball over yeah. when you do that. And like we talked about earlier, there's. You've got to be aware of the negative externalities of the style that you want to play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you want to play fast and you want to get up and down the floor, you're going to turn the ball over. Sometimes you're going to get into foul trouble. Yeah. Maybe you get teed up sometimes. That's just, <laughs> that kind of comes with the territory of playing the style that you want to play if you're BCU. Exactly. So I think that we see maybe a, a faster paced frenetic game where the turnover numbers get up for, for both teams and that would suit BCU. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, now that over under, I had BCU 50% shooting, shooting for the Huge. game. Uh, I think I first wrote that note uh, <laughs> coming off the Jordan Mason game, which was, again, one probably their best offensive showing. Awesome. showing. Uh, so that, that's not taken into account that second half uh, last night. <laughs> but, I don't want to know what the numbers were for that um, second half last night. <laughs> because of how crazy that first half was, they still finished at exactly 50% um, wow. on the field last night, even wow. with the, the, the awful second half. So um, I'm, I'm going to say under just because uh, BC or uh, Richmond is, is also um, mm -hmm. pretty pretty solid defensively. So. Um, nothing crazy, but I think maybe mid-40s is uh, more realistic tomorrow night. I'm going to say under two because of the um, presumed absence of Hassan. Mm -hmm. You lose some of that efficiency down low. Um, he's been I don't know what his numbers shooting in the paint are this year, but I imagine that they're very good mm -hmm. um, with his length, with his ability to, to get easy baskets and for VCU to be able to play inside out through him. Yeah. You would think that they're able, they, they get less entry passes. Um, there's less touches on the block uh, with him out of the game, and that probably hurts your offensive efficiency. So I'm going to go under as well. Yeah. One last one, uh, eight Richmond three-pointers. They're averaging uh, almost nine three-pointers three a game. Um, they had, uh, But VCU, over the years, has defended Richmond uh, on the perimeter pretty well, and that continued in that January 29th game where four, so, Richmond was 4-2 from deep um, in, in that first matchup. So I'm going to say— uh, Wow, were they 4-22? Yeah, wow. so I'm, I'm going to say uh, under eight three-pointers for Richmond on Friday uh, if VCU continues to play a strong three-point defense that they've shown this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say um, under as well. It's been VCU's defensive backbone this year. We talked about the spurt ability um, and being able to keep teams from getting on those long runs. Um, if Richmond can hit a few threes back to back and do that, then they could be in the driver's seat in that game. But you got to expect VCU. That's their calling card. Right. Right. So it, it feels blasphemous to say <laughs> over on that number, even though Richmond's a good three point shooting team. So yeah. they're certainly capable of it. Yeah. But you would think that at the Seagull Center and and. I love watching VCU's mentality with closing out to three-point shooters, and that's, that seems like that's a huge part of it. It's something that you've written about before on the philosophy that Rhodes teaches. Fly out. Like, don't uh, fly past him so you don't foul. But, yeah. like, if a shooter pump fakes and gets you to fly past him and then hits, then you tip your cap. And you say that's a great offensive play. But mm -hmm. usually when you get players out of their rhythm and you fly out yeah. um, to those shooters, then they feel like, now I have to drive. And then you've got all of that length inside to be able to contest shots. And you get players into awkward situations where they're maybe not taking the shot that they had initially envisioned. Yeah. Um, and so that philosophy with flying out to a three point shooter and running people off the line is, is, is huge for VCU. Um, it's been great this year. And you would think that against the Richmond team that somewhat hangs their hat on being able to hit threes, that if VCU can limit them on the perimeter, then they should be in the driver's seat at the Seagull center. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. That was, that was something Rose said uh, here recently was that um, as he termed it, a late contest is better than mm -hmm. no contest. Uh, they, they view a no contest as unacceptable. Yep. You probably get 
put off the four. You have four. too much length for that. Yeah, too. Yeah. With, with how much length VCU has, you should be contesting everything in the perimeter. Exactly. So not contesting a three will probably be uh, sending you on the bench for a little bit. So, yeah. so You um, got the depth to do it, yeah. too. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. You got that many players. Yeah. It's like yeah. Rhodes can pull that card when he wants to say, hey, I've got someone else who's ready to get these minutes. And so if you're not yeah. flying out, then then you are going to sit for a while. And so you see kind of some desperation defensively mm-hmm. when with flying out to three-point shooters. And that's, that's part of why VCU is so good at defending it. Exactly, exactly. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, BC Richmond can't beat it, whether it's at Robinson or whether it's at Seagull Center. So on Friday night, um, showcase game. I know it's going to be going to be rocking the Seagull Center. So I'm looking forward to covering that one. Best environments I've ever seen: Texas and LSU. Mm. I think at the Seagull Center come to mind, but the Richmond game is is always up there. It it, um, it never disappoints, and it's going to be an awesome atmosphere at the Stew on Friday. Yeah, agreed. So um, you, you can find this uh, at Richmond.com, uh, wherever you get your podcast, and uh, we'll have our, our print coverage. Uh, I was in a print edition and also uh, Richmond.com moving forward. So uh, make sure to follow us there for um, all the breakdown uh, of the Richmond game from um, you know myself, uh, my colleagues, John O'Connor and David Teal. We'll, we'll uh, be triple staffing that one on Friday, so, so it'll be fun. The dream team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to working those guys again. So um, look forward to the game. And, uh, thank you for listening and watching. Thank you, guys.